Welcome to the 511. We're here to encourage and build each other up, to be the disciples that we're meant to be, and to make disciples so that the world can see the true and powerful Jesus. Welcome to the 511. I'm Corey. I'm here with my sister Andrea and her husband Adam. How are y'all? Good. How are you? Good morning. How are you? So today's song is Confidence by Sanctus Real. You want to read it? Yes. It says, I am not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to do. But Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse because broken people are exactly who you use. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me a heart like David. Lord, be my defense that I can face my giants with confidence. You took a shepherd boy and made him a king. So I'm going to trust you and give you everything. I'll be a conqueror because you fight for me. I'll be a champion claiming your victory. I'm going to sing and shout and shake the walls. I won't stop until I see them fall. I'm going to stand up, step out when you call Jesus. Yeah, I really like that song. I like, as humans, we're, we're just humans, right? Mm-hmm. And with God, we can be conquerors. We can be warriors and not afraid to lose. And like using his strength instead of our own. Knowing right. that he is the one that's fighting our battles for us. And he's standing before us and behind us. And he's inside of us. So we don't have to be afraid. Yep, stay on that shit, and he'll guide you to victory. You want to praise this? I sure can. Are y'all ready? Yep. Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing through us and for your words. Father, we pray that this podcast will glorify you, that it will reach the nations, Father God, and that the ones listening can feel your presence, Father God, that know that you are all in it and that you are working through us. And we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are on Ephesians chapter 5 today. And 5 verse 1 is one of the best. I don't want to say best. It's one of the most important verses in the Bible as far as how to live Christian life right yes therefore be imitators of God as dear children and uh, NLT says imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children verse 2 and walk in love as Christ also does and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma Verse 3, but fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you 
as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolishness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse gesturing, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Um, a lot, I mean, like, it's like sexual immorality and impurity. Most people know that, you know, like, they know that you're not supposed to do stuff out of wedlock and you're not supposed to be, like, sleeping around with a whole bunch of people. And it's kind of like common sense Christian, you know, it's like, okay, we know that. But then it goes on to say, obviously, in stories, foolish talks, and coarse jokes those are not for you and Jacob had mentioned that last time and said that you won't be the most popular person if you're sitting in the locker room and everybody's making these jokes and you're over there in the corner not participating and um, I still think it's hard as a Christian not to want to fit in even as an adult I mean it's obviously really hard in the school setting because you're day in and day out with these people all the time and uh there's a lot of peer pressure and stuff that goes with middle school, high school, etc. There's also peer pressure that goes with being an adult and the ones that you're working with. Yeah. Um, not every job is like that, but most jobs are where you're with people and, and people's attitudes and their, um, what they talk about and everything. And they may be talking like this, the foolish talk, obscene stories, of course, jokes, and you just go right along with it because everybody else is doing it. It's really hard not to try to fit in with all those things but um, like um, I had an incident yesterday where I was at a restaurant with my co-workers and we really weren't talking about anything bad but um, our pastor just kind of walked up onto us and I didn't realize he was there but I was just thinking you know like <laughs> we really could have been you know joking around and stuff and then he would have been right there because I wouldn't pay attention if that was him. And so it's really easy if you think that Jesus is right there with you all the time. And what would you say in front of him? Yeah. Like really, if you really thought, because I knew I was like humiliated just thinking, well, I really hope I didn't say anything I wasn't supposed to right there with yeah. yesterday. But, um, and honestly, if I was at work, I wouldn't have thought anything about anything that we were talking about. But outside of work with somebody there listening, like well what if yeah. what if we did say something so yeah that's what I'm saying things that you might think are innocent or stuff think about if Jesus was literally where you could see him right now would you say the same things with him standing right there because he is he's always there and he I mean yeah he's not you know like okay I'm gonna close my ears so you can tell the dirt, dirty joke right now and then <laughs> and then you know we'll keep on going so He's right there with us. If you want him in your life and you're a Christian and you want him to answer your prayers and you want him to listen to you and talk with you, then, you know, you can't just offend him on a daily basis by things that you think will make you fit in or be popular. Yeah. You know, I think that the older that we get, even though we think we, we have it more together, sometimes we don't. And um, we should really, like, take inventory on our words try to figure out okay is this pleasing God is what I'm doing really okay you know yeah and uh, especially if you're in a habit of doing it you think that it's, it's nothing but maybe it is maybe we should really evaluate 
And that, that goes right along with Romans 12. I'll read 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're not to, we're not supposed to fit in. We're not supposed to be like the world. I mean, the very first verse in this chapter we're reading is be imitators of God. So not imitators of the people we want to fit in with, right? Right. Right, exactly. You, and that's a perfect way to say it. Because, and even, like, everybody we're with is believers, you know? It's not that. It's just we all have this kind of, every. I think, everybody that I'm around. And I think it's easier to act as a Christian than it is to talk like a Christian. For me. Now, it may not be, like, for everybody else. But, but this is something I know that I've struggled with is my words. And I've talked about that before, like, gossip and everything. It's really yeah. hard. But even like, just, and I, I mean, I don't cuss. It's not that. It's not even cussing. It's just like things that I say and stuff. So I've been feeling really convicted <laughs> Yesterday was like a good wake up call. Like, God's trying to talk to you. You're using this podcast. You need to start talking. <laughs> I, I think everybody struggles with that with gospel. You know, people talk about people behind backs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they just need to think and what you're going to say and not trying to put people down trying to encourage them that's what you need to do mm-hmm. instead of gossip and it's really easy to do in our small town because everybody knows everybody it's like you know everybody and the older you get you know even more of everybody and you know everybody's children and everybody's parents and you, you just so it's hard not to want to share things and talk about things whenever like we said last time is just pray about it instead of just put people down. We really need to be lifting people up. Yeah. And that's it's a hard habit to get into, but it's something that if we really want to see a difference that we have to do. I mean, fix our words and if they're so powerful. And pray for them. Yeah. That's what you do. You just sit there and pray for them. You just ask God to bless that person. Mm-hmm. You know, to help them, to guide them, to lead them to the right direction so they can encourage somebody else keeps pulling down the line. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like a domino effect. I just want like, what, and I had said that before, when it says to me, and and I just want Jesus to be the first thing that people see in me. I don't want it to be anything else. Um, the, you know, where we've been doing this, this is ministering to me, you know, I need it just as much as whoever's listening does. And that's what we said before, we're not perfect, and we're not trying to say that we are, even though Adam said <laughs> we are just people. We're just trying our best to to live a godly life, and it's it is hard. I mean, it's not like it's it doesn't come naturally because you're living in, you're trying to live in a supernatural way of life. Yeah. So the natural way of life is to just like you said, go with the flow, but it's not. Um, and living for yourself. Yeah. It's hard to live. To love the world and God. Mm-hmm. So. All right, verse six. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. 
Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. There it is, there it is again, not to conform with the world, but to be light for the world. Notice what verse 8 says. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Notice that it doesn't say you were once in darkness, but you were once darkness. So it's saying you're not in light now, you are light. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like God. Right. So we're not in the light. We are the light. It says, so live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So that goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like, if we really, 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 really are devoted to this Christian life, then we have to live as light, and we have to be doing what is good and right and true. Yeah, and you got to see yourself as light, too. So when you're in a situation with people who don't know God, you are the light, and it's your job to shine for them so that they can see the light, right? Yes. It's not, you're not just supposed to stand in the corner and light up a corner when everybody else. It's like, where do, where's the light at in this room, you know? Right. It's right in the center, and it's, it's lighting up the whole room. Right. And that's where it's supposed to be, because it's where it does the best job, is at the center. And the more light that you have, the clearer you th see things, and the clearer things are, and it brings out colors, and it does a lot. So the more you get in the Word, the, the closer you get with God, the brighter you are. This is Second Corinthians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 18. It says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So it's like a mirror. Looking in a mirror... Um, and it says and we all with unveiled face this is the Amplified Version continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord so like if you look at the word of God like a mirror like you're looking at the word of God and you're trying to reflect back what you see like if you go in like to fix your hair or something that's what you do in a mirror you go to make sure that everything is the way that it's supposed to look when you look in a mirror to get ready in the morning you're going to adjust yourself to where that image looks more like what you want it to look like so we're looking at the word of God like a mirror so we can adjust ourselves more and more to look like God yeah it says uh, continually seeing as a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit and to break that down progressively so that means it's it's not all going to happen at one time. We can't just expect instant results. But we are constantly, the more that we look into the Word of God and we try to adjust ourselves to look more and more like God, then we will be transformed to look more like Him from one degree of glory to another. 
and that's really that's one of my favorite like metaphors from the Bible is looking at the Word of God like a mirror and adjusting ourselves to Him to look like Him and act like Him do what He does yeah. so if there's anything that you're doing this goes back to what I was saying earlier that you know that God would not do like if God was sitting here with us then don't do those things if you want to be more like God then we need to think like use our brains and think okay wait a minute God wouldn't do this so I should do this or this is what God would do God would reach out and help that person God would lift that person up God would tell that person man you you know you're special you are uh, made in my image you're loved we should start doing things like that this is all from the Amplified um and this is, it says the same thing, and this is, is do not participate or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Live as those who are native, born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to Him. Your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. I think that's a lot that's hard for Christians to hear and for people to want to do because they don't want to do that part of it. Yeah. They want to go to heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven. It's like, yeah, heaven's the coolest, you know. But it's this part that's hard for everybody. We don't want to better ourselves when it comes to acting like God. Mm. We don't want to do that. We want to do the things that we think that we want to do that's pleasing to our flesh. Well, if you look at it like a child and an adult, I mean, I know we're supposed to be like children, but as far as the world goes, when you're a child, you don't want to grow up. Mm-hmm and be an adult you want to still do childish things and when you become a Christian you still want to do the childish things of the world mm-hmm. you don't want to grow up and, and but that we need grown ups to show the children how to act right so that's we have, kind of a parallel we have Christians who have been adults so to speak grown up Christians who are acting like children that you know for so long because people don't want to step up and and it's a little I mean it's different because we're not used to seeing that we're used to seeing people blending and meshing Mm -hmm. and mending you know but I mean there's a lot of positivity out there now I think more people are being positive but it's overall acting more like God it's just it's it's not easy in the world even as an adult it's still hard but it's so important and um, it says that, that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. And it's talking about what I read earlier in Corinthians about looking more like God from one degree of glory to another. And to achieve that, we have to start acting like God. And not saying that we are God, but He's inside of us. And, and He's supposed to be inside of us if we're Christians. And it's like taking uh, a candle and putting a cover over it. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like we've got something so powerful, but we're trying to hide it so that nobody will see it. We don't want people to see it. And 
it's we're only making the problem worse by doing that you know mm-hmm. and you covered up too much if you use the example you're talking about you cover up the candle too much you'll extinguish the flame right you snap it out and you always got to keep that flame going mm-hmm. I remember one verse Pastor Dave was talking about sermon he had keep the fire always going mm-hmm. I can't remember how exactly what he was what that verse was but you always got to keep that flame mm-hmm. you got to keep it uncovered just like mm-hmm. you were saying yeah and that's the way to do it you can't cover it up if you want it to keep burning that you just can't cover it up you can't keep hiding it and we hide it by acting out like the world does and that's hot and we're if we're patting on the face mask of the world then we're snuffing our, our flame out yeah if you keep it covered up hey shed the light mm-hmm. in front of people because mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to do uncover shed the light to encourage <laughs> lost train of thought there. So i know i talked good. about this before but we're, we did that um like demonstration at refit one time with a big group of people and everybody had a candlestick and we started with one and we lit the next one beside of us till it made a full circle and that's the whole point it's like you don't lose anything by sharing your light yeah in fact everything around you gets brighter so that's what we're called to do we're supposed to share that light not cover it up Verse 11. Mm-hmm. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. You may go and read 14. Yeah, go ahead. 14. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And that's so powerful, and it's it's almost sad. I know that's one of your favorite scriptures, Corey, um, because it's saying that we're asleep, and it's you know, Christians are asleep. They're not wanting to wake up. They don't want the light of Jesus. I mean, I think they desperately do. They're, I mean, that's the whole point. It's like there is a longing for that, but at the same time, there's the fear of the world, fear that you won't fit in, fear that people will make fun of you. There's always that instilled fear in you. But Christ will shine upon you and give you light, and he will be the one that's that's lighting up the world around you. So it's... He's already done the work, and he's the one inside of you. We have nothing to fear because he's he's so powerful, and yeah. he's the one that's doing it. So it's just letting him do it through us, letting him shine through us. It says, do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness. And so that's all it is. It's just, it's just worthless. It's just wasting our time. We have a limited amount of time here while we're on earth and anytime that we participate with those things we allow them to keep going in our lives and we try to cover up our light we're just wasting time and we're not we're not promoting the kingdom of god says that we are to exemplify personal integrity moral courage and godly character 
and that's how we we promote the light instead of the darkness and it's like if something's going on that you have no control of that's dark in your world but it's nothing that has anything to do with you that you've done God's light will light up those areas so um Like, if somebody, say like, because we're in spiritual battle at all times, and the devil wants to stir up stuff constantly, and there are things that are being said about you that aren't true, then you lean on your light that comes from Jesus, and it will expose those things. Yeah. So, like I said, we don't have anything to fear. We need to, it says, arise from the dead, and... When we get saved, we're supposed to be dead to sin. We're supposed to kill the old man that's sin in our flesh and rise up as the new life that God has given us. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And this is the Amplified version of that. It says, and it's a lot longer. It says, therefore, see what that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Ugh, now there's a touchy subject. Not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of every opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. So this is saying that we need to be, we need to keep our head on our shoulders. We need to be wise and intelligent as far as the word is concerned. And that means, you know, filling up with word of God listening to it and reading it and putting it in your mind and um, learning. Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And like you said, this is the one that's getting a little, like... Stepping on toes. Yeah. So do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. And it just goes back to what we were saying. It's like, it's like, what do you want? You know, what is it that you want? And everybody is always like trying to live on the edge about what can we get by with instead mm -hmm. of what can we do for God? What can we get by with? Yeah. And it's like you have Christians who cuss and Christians who drink and Christians who do this and Christians who do that. And it's like we're not trying to condemn, we're not trying to do any of that. It's just. What do you want? 
what do you want from God? Do you want to live that life that He is calling you to live? Is it? Yeah. Do you want to be the brightest light you can be, or what do you want to do? And I think we make a lot of excuses for behaviors, and yeah. um, and it's all it is is just trying to justify sin. That's all and, it is. And I say like a lot of a lot of people ask, even if they're not Christian. Or if they're a new Christian, they like to ask people, is this a sin? Is this a sin? Is this a sin? But when you become a Christian, you need to just look into that own conviction that God gives you when it comes to those things. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and prioritize what you're thinking about. So, are we thinking about what we can get away with? Or are we thinking about promoting the kingdom? God. Right. So our focus needs to get off on off of self and just needs to just not be on us anymore. And if we really want those miracles and the working power of God and we want to see those things, we just can't focus on ourselves. Yeah. And I think people are just and it's it's like why why do you think you can't be happy without those things? Why is it that, that you're happiness comes from material and worldly things yeah so it's also needs just to be like like i said take inventory yourself take inventory of where your thoughts are at what you're wanting to do what your goals are and and what do you really want and we're not getting into like am i going to heaven if i do these things that type of talk right now i don't think that this is covering that it's just if you truly want to live a Christian life, Ephesians chapter five is telling you this. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you just go take it to the to God because this yeah. is what the Bible says. And it's like I said, it's not easy because we want to blend in and we want to please our flesh and we want to you know do those things. But at the same time, whenever we're going through a hardship and we're wanting God to fix things immediately, but we've got all these other things going on in our lives that we've allowed to come in and it's not that God doesn't love you or doesn't care it's that he can't reach you the way that he's supposed to because God is light and in light there's no darkness so if you're full of darkness how are you supposed to see the light and how is it supposed to get to your heart yeah and I think Paul is very straightforward when it comes to sin and when it comes to things like this he's just you know, blunt about it, mm-hmm. and because he wants, he wanted the church that he was writing these letters to, and he wants us today to live the fullest life that God has for us. Yeah. And we can't do that if we're just constantly being selfish with our own desires and our own wants and wanting to be like the world. We're not going to see the fullest life that God has for us. And I think that him being blunt was really good I mean it's yeah. just he wouldn't be a very popular pastor today but he no. would be a very <laughs> very efficient. good one. Yeah, yeah he'd be efficient he wouldn't be popular he'd be efficient though because he'd get stuff done he just this is how it is this is what it says and this is how we're going to do it yep. and you don't like it like I said take it up with God yeah. but he says but be filled by the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him and that's the thing, it's like if we want that constant guidance and we want to be filled with Him, then we don't need to be filling up our heart with all this other stuff. Yeah. We need to fill it up with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and an easy way to do that, and well, not really easy, but a 
easier way to to do that is in verse and I've lost my place verse 19 speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord and 20 giving thanks always for all things to God the Father so I mean it's one verse 18 not 18 verse 19 is speaking to one another is getting together like we are here getting together in small groups and building each other up and encouraging each other <laughs> then 19 wait a second I keep getting those mixed up and then 20 giving thanks always for all things and that's hard to do you know our pastor's wife put on Facebook this week about getting stuck in traffic and how she looked at it as like if that's the biggest problem I have all week then I'm you know I'm good and she at the end of her post mentioned thanking God for or praying for having more of the situation that being the biggest problem that she has and I think even when you're in those situations it's important to thank God for all things and it's hard to do but I mean even when things aren't going good you gotta still thank God for what he's doing and what he has done and what you don't even see that he's doing it's like like he said it's taken um, it's taken what we're given with praise and it's it's just we can't like every opportunity that we have given even though we may think it's not a good opportunity it's an opportunity given by God and whether it is like, like she said she's stuck in traffic and she spent more time with her kids she got to mm-hmm. talk to them longer and the focus changed so maybe they had plans when they got home and they were all going to go their separate ways or or maybe you're somewhere and you're like thinking about all these different things that you you need to be doing but God just wanting you to sit still and listen and you know take a breather and rest and everything because yeah. this world is so busy and um I just, like, I was asking you all go, like, do you ever sing? <laughs> but God is telling us to sing all the time. And when we, like, we praise God and we sing to Him and we just thank Him and we always are keeping Him forefront in our minds and our hearts, then all these other things don't matter. And they just kind of fade away because He's, you know, He's so good, and we're just thinking about all the things that he's doing, that he keeps doing and continues to do, and we just praise him for those things. And then it says being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, and that goes back to serving one another and spending time with each other and encouraging each other, and that's all hand in hand. It's we're in this together, and and. Beth also uses the hashtag better together and so when we are better together we're our best when we are better with Jesus when we have Jesus in our hearts and we're thanking him and praising him and he's he's bursting at the seams through us and then we're doing life together with Jesus just really can't get any better than that yeah it's just changing the subject in the next here. Verse 22 Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. 
Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands, be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would she should be holy and without blemish. And that's, uh, I was preluding to that verse earlier, talking about that, but we'll get back to that verse here in just a second. Because, like we said earlier, this is the stepping on the toes chapter. And, and Paul was so blunt, and he was so forefront with what he was saying. Because if we think about how the divorce rate is in the day and age that we live in, and it's just like marriage is just, nothing to most people anymore over half the people anyway and it's because people have just ripped and shredded and cut this part out of the bible and threw it away because they didn't want to follow by these guidelines and it's because people that i mean i'm a woman and i i mean i love being a woman i think that it's a blessing from god that god had chose me to be female and that I believe personally that God chose females to do different things than males and that it's a blessing and it's an honor to be a female and to do female things and that we're made different and we're made our personalities are different and our bodies are different because God made them that way and we were very special to God I mean he he specifically made us and 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 he did things different for us for a reason and when we read this verse, women like to get offended because they're like, I can do what you can do. Anything you can do, I can do better than you. You know, those things. It's like, no, this is the way God set it up for a purpose. And it's to hold that marriage together. Yeah. And to sanctify the marriage. And to, it's, it's a structured plan that works. And it's women can do things and, and you should make decisions together and things like that but it's like this is the way it's set up because Christ is the head of our church the body of Christ he is the head and we should he made the format everything God did whether it be agriculturally or like all the patterns everything that he did has a purpose so even the way that marriage is set up is set up purposefully and it's to mimic the way that the church is set up and so we are subject to Christ but think about how big our part is as the church even though Christ is the head we're here as the body of Christ doing the work and everything we have such a big part in it yeah. but if we're taking place and we're, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing that's whenever it doesn't work and that's when it falls apart because you get in the flesh and you want to do what you want to do yeah when it works this way and like women and men have lost even their whole identity i mean it's just people just don't even know what they are anymore and it's because they've sacrificed this whole part i mean it's hard to hear it's like not the popular stigma out there right now but it's what it is and it's why everything has come to the way it is is because people have changed their roles they've stepped down from what they've been called and sanctified to be and so if we could just get back to that 
and just really focus on what the Word of God says and live that life. And it's it's not popular. It's not the it's not the way that the world is is working right now. But it's the way that it's going to be successful. And it says, as a woman, we respect the position as a protector and their responsibility to God as the head of the house. So these husbands that have stepped down from that responsibility, they've also lost, you know, the blessings and honor that comes with that responsibility, you know. And I know Dave does a lot of preaching about, you know, the, the family dynamic and everything. He does such a good job at that. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's, it's not a popular subject. It says, husbands love your wives. Seek the highest good for her and surround her with a caring, unselfish love. Like I said, it goes back to if we would just do our part and what the and what the Bible says to do, look what it look what benefit it has as each role. The men have that authoritative role which God has designed them for, and then the women have the being surrounded with unselfish love. I mean, what more could you ask for as a woman? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we really desperately want, and we've pushed it away. But we, we chose the world's route of, you know, stepping up in the men's role, and then the men are out there, they don't know what to do because their role's been taken away. They don't know how to act and what they need to be, and then you have people walking around with ponytails. And <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Man bones. <laughs> Man bones. Man buns. Man buns. My bad. Man buns. Uh, I'm just. It's, uh, it's more fear. Because fear is a liar. Because <laughs> think about it. They don't face that fear, so they just go away. Well, it is fear. And people yeah. are. Men are afraid to make women mad. I was going to say another word. To. Um, to step on anybody's toes. Are you afraid to say that word? <laughs> yeah. What was you going to say? Piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're afraid they're going to piss off their wives or piss off, you know, these people. And it's like they've stepped down from that role and that position and now they're weak. These people are, they're, they, they are, they're not manly anymore. No. They've lost all that. Well, this is yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Okay. Um, just as Christ has also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Jesus has, I mean, he's literally laid down his life for us. And he wants to sanctify the church, having cleansed her by washing her of the water of the word of God, so that in turn he might present her a church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy, set apart for God, and blameless. And for Jesus to come back and present this church to God, because we keep on waiting back for Jesus to come back, we have to be in verse 27. We have to be that church. And it's it seems like we're getting further and further away from it, but I think that if people get their heads on the right, would really want this and truly chase after it, that we have the potential to be that generation that, that is the glorious church 
yeah. that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and that is holy and set apart and blameless. And it's setting yourself apart. I mean, it is. It's being different. It's not acting like the world. Man up. Yeah, man up, people. Man up. Listen to the Bible. Quit being a wuss. Quit being afraid. And just listen to the scripture and he will guide you to the right direction. And be the man of the house. And let God be the man of the house. Mm -hmm. To teach you the right way. That's what I'm learning. Verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, his flesh, and of his bones. And it goes back to everything we were saying. Well, I mean, that's what's wrong with marriage. <laughs> like you were saying, I mean, people don't take it serious and divorce rates are... Scott, huh? Yeah, but it's because husbands aren't loving their wives as themselves like God loves. Husbands aren't loving their lives the way that God loves the church. Right. That overlooking wrongs and forgiveness and um, like making sacrifices and also blessing, you know, like promoting your life or your spouse. Mm -hmm. You don't see like I'm like, on a daily basis, if you hear somebody talking about their spouse, is it usually positive or is it usually negative? It's like, that, that's the thing is, more people are complaining about their spouses than they are promoting their spouses. Yeah. And more people are like, they want attention and they want love, but they don't want it from their spouse. They want it from other people. They want to get that attention and that affirmation outside of marriage. When it should just be coming from, I mean, you get affirmation from like that but like the true the intimate affirmation needs to come from your spouse if you're married and and that's where that needs to come from and, and the thing is a lot of times it's if you're if you're not getting that affirmation and love ask yourself are you giving that you know right because I mean it's a two way street right yeah if you fall in love with Jesus Jesus will help you how to fall in love with your wife. And the same thing as wife would fall in love with Jesus. Jesus will help you fall in love with your husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, you always put God first, then your spouse. And that's how I learned to love God first, then your spouse. Because our pastor always tells us, all the husbands, always put your wife ahead of you. Put God wife. Then, and he's saying thing with, you know, wife's husband before mm -hmm. you. you know. and that's the, it's the way God designed it. It's, it's yeah. the way he promoted it. Um, to lift up your husband or your wife, put them and cherish them and love them and protect them. Let them do their roles like the man as a protector, the woman as a supporter and, you know, you make this perfect team, and if God is at the center, this is a three uh, quarter strand of three 
cords cannot be broken. Yeah, and husband and wife are going to come one mm -hmm. together. Because they're tied in with Jesus. Yes, and that's what God wants. I just, it's just, it makes sense when you really listen to it and read it, you know. God loves us and he cherishes us and he nourishes us and he protects us. When we allow that to happen within marriage, then the marriage won't be broken. And it's, you know, people are in bad marriages and things happen and people are abused and things like that. And that's not right. And, it, and things like that, that should be handled, you know, you shouldn't allow a man to beat you or hurt you or anything like that. And a man shouldn't allow a woman to beat or hurt. I mean, it, it goes both ways. And God is very understanding about the things that people need to get out of those kind of relationships. But with a healthy marriage where the partners are not abusive, but they are, you know, married, then that's how it's going to stay together is God first, time all together, cherish one another, put each other first, and allow the other person to have their God-given roles. Verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And like he says right there, in verse 32 this is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church so this is all practical when it comes to us in our marriages but it's also a reflection of how our relationship with God needs to be mm -hmm. and if we start promoting Jesus cherishing Jesus cherishing Jesus and putting him first and like seeking his attention and doing those kind of things yeah. then that's going to make the church stronger and make them more powerful and hold it together because yeah. it's the same thing when you see churches split it's just about equal as how marriage is split when people fight out of the church it just, and it's an equal reflection and that's because it starts at home too you know I mean it's it, it's the church, it's the family relationships, it's a home, it's all of those things. And we need to, like, get our minds straight and put Jesus where he belongs as the head of the church. And then work together in unity with the fellow church members, which is the body of Christ. It doesn't mean necessarily the people you attend church with, but other people out there in the world that are Christians, the brethren and everything. Our whole purpose is to bring the glory of God to the earth so that as many people that can will get saved. That's our whole purpose here on earth is to bring and share the love of God. And we do that by waking up. Waking up and acting like God. Reflecting God one, one level of glory at a time. marriage when you follow Christ and he will guide you to have a blessed marriage and as the bride of Christ you'll be blessed
bless other marriages when they see the light in you. And so it's in the Amplified at the very end, and the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him, oh, notices him, <laughs> and prefers him and treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. So this is, you know, like you said, practical for marriage, practical for the church. And I know it's easy not to notice your husband at the end of the day, your mind's tired, and you've worked all day and all you want to do is just zone out. But if we would actually zone in and prefer one another and notice each other and treat each other with love and concern and treasuring each other and then doing that with Jesus, noticing Jesus, because like, can you imagine going all day long with somebody and I'm never speaking to you or never looking at you or never thinking about you and they're with you all day long? How awful that would make you feel. So we need to start realizing that that's our main relationship and to keep that relationship intimate and, and where it needs to be, we have to notice and treasure and love and show concern and honor Jesus. Well, it's just like, like you're saying, you're with that person all the time and you don't ever notice each other, you know, communicate or anything, then your marriage becomes a roommate situation. And Jesus is with you at all times. Don't let that relationship become a roommate situation where it's just he's just there and you don't really interact with him. You just go in and out on your daily basis like yeah. like it's nothing. And whenever it needs to be the most intimate relationship you have. I think this covers a whole lot in this. I mean, you can almost do like six or seven podcasts just out of chapter five. Because yeah. like you said, it is basically living the life of a Christian oh, yeah. summed up it's that in a nutshell and there's so much into it um, I encourage whoever's listening to just go through and read it again um, read it and study it and like like we did break it down and just listen to every single verse because it is it is the guideline for a Christian life um, and it's hard to cover all in one sitting and hopefully we can get back to this one day and talk more about chapter 5 because oh, yeah. it's so good Even all of Ephesians is so good I'm excited about chapter 6 chapter 6 is a very just like here empowering Chris Thompson song Tom mm -hmm. yeah Tom a bride waiting on her groom mm -hmm. Chris Tomlin's song that says like a bride waiting on her groom will be a church ready for you so that's what we need to be. We need to be ready for Jesus. And of course, we know Jesus is coming back. Like we've heard it all our lives and everything, but are we really ready? Are we really dressed and ready to go? Do we have yeah. everything put in place? Like, are we bridezilla about the small details of our Christian life? Like we need to be like, you know, planning and everything. I've seen a lot of weddings in the last few years and you know, you have like some weddings that are running at the very late edge of time, like an hour past the time that's supposed to start, and then you have the other brides who have planned months and months and months in advance about every single small little detail. And that's the kind of bride that we need to be. We need to be planning, we need to be orchestrating, we need to be reaching out, we need to have everything set in place so that we're ready whenever Jesus comes back, that we'll be spotless without a wrinkle. Yep. Uh, altar is always open for you. So hold your hands out 
So that's chapter 5 of Ephesians. If we miss something or you want us to go back over anything like that, just send us a message and let us know. And if you have any prayer requests, questions, suggestions, comments, whatever, you know, we'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And you can email us at the 511 yahoo.com. As always, thanks for listening and God bless.